Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Uh, I want to welcome everybody that's watching or listening on podcasts. We're glad that you are with us. Now here's the thing. We're, we're in a series that we've been in now for several Wednesday nights. I, I really felt led to stay in this for a season. It's called Finish What He Started. Uh, and if you haven't been with us or you're, you know, you've missed a couple of them, just go back and, ch- and you can uh, get caught up with us. I want to start in John chapter 6 tonight. And the thing that I want you to do for me tonight as we kind of dig into this is I want you to uh, turn your expector on tonight. Okay? As we unpack the word, I want you to actually put a demand on the Holy Spirit to to help you see and let this thing come off the page a little bit to you. I think it's important that, um, you know, we become people of the word to such a degree that we're, we're expecting things. Amen? John chapter 6, listen to this, in verse 38, Jesus is speaking and he says that I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. So, when when we follow Jesus through the scriptures and he heals every person that came to him for healing, according to Jesus' words, healing is the will of God. You got that? If you follow Jesus and you watch him and according to his own words, he said, I came from heaven to do the will of the Father. So when you see him doing this, obviously, he healed everywhere he went. So you have to understand healing is. We have to be open to that because tradition has taught us differently, right? So let's pray and get into things. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. God, tonight as we talk on this subject, help us to see clearer than ever before. Allow revelation to come to us to such a degree that not only do we have the boldness and faith to step out on the word, but we have the utmost confidence that what you have said is true, it is forever settled, and you are the Almighty that accomplishes the word that you sent. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in Exodus chapter 15, God makes this statement. He says, I am the Lord who heals. So if we, if we take just this statement from God, I am the Lord who heals, what are we supposed to do with that? See, according to what Jesus said, Jesus said that I do the will of the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only do and I only say what I hear the Father do and say. He actually, in the Gospel of John, he said, these works that I'm doing, it's the Father in me doing the work. And then God himself in Exodus says, I am. This is one of God's redemptive, holy names. I am the Lord who heals. The the Hebrew is Jehovah Rapha. But we understand today that because of tradition and things that have been passed down and unbelief and, and things of that nature, we have a tendency to question the realities of the word of God. You ever done that? I mean, we've all been guilty of that before. And, and especially when it comes to the subject of healing, because so often, here's what happens. We step out and we, we, uh, we try the Word of God, 
We, we hear the word, we even speak the word, we pray over someone, we do according to what James says, and we go to the elders of the church and we have them pray for us, and we don't see the same kind of results that you see when you follow Jesus. And we get frustrated. Come on, Josh, we, we do. Pain, the symptom, it's still there, and it's at that point that you have to draw a line in the sand. Because here's the difference, guys, and we've talked about this several times, but you, you have to understand Jesus operated at the fullness of the Spirit of God. Now, we are born of that same Spirit. We are anointed of that same Spirit. But until we grow to the place where we're operating at that, there's a beautiful story, and we've touched on this in several accounts, about the parable of the sower. Now, you remember there's the wayside ground, there's the stony ground, there's the thorny ground, and then there's the good ground. So here's the thing. You look at this from a numbers perspective. 75% of the people that heard the truth from the Lord never operated in it. The wayside ground, the devil came immediately and took it. The stony ground, they heard it, but the cares of the world and the pressures of life and the thorny ground, they had desires for other things. All three of those groups of people, 75% of the people that heard the truth never walked in it. That's a staggering thing. Now, let, let, let's take it a step further. Of the good ground, you have 30, 60, and 100 fold. So out of the good, Derek, out of the good ground, of the 25% that did it, not even 100% of them walked in the fullness of it. So what does that tell us? That we're going to have those same realities that we have to deal with today. And how do you overcome that? That whole lesson of the parable of the sower is how you overcome it. The seed is the word of God. And you've got to get it in you. And you've got to get it in you. Remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the law of, of disbursement or displacement. You get enough of the word in you until it drives out the unbelief. I am the Lord who heals you. So your mindset ought to be, if he is the Lord who heals me, and he sent his word and healed me, I'm healed. And then your body says, and the enemy says, no, you don't. Feel that? No, you're not. You're just kidding. You're just playing mind games. And the world buys into that. And what's really this, the, the worst commentary of all is the church teaches this kind of stuff. In 1 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says that his, God's divine power has given. What's that mean? His divine power has given us Everything we need for a godly life. Everything we need. So when we're not seeing something happen in our life, instead of us questioning God, and here's a big one, instead of us questioning our faith all the time, let's be humble enough to realize, God, you're still working in me. Right now, you're still working in me. Your word is up. This is why we make those healing cards and, and pass them out to you. See, when I, I have mine on my refrigerator, and every day when I walk by it, I make a coffee in the morning, I look over at that, and I'm like, Lord, thank you, Psalm 103. You have, you have forgiven me of all iniquity. You have healed me of all disease. You have redeemed my life from destruction. You've crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And you fill my mouth with good things. And once I get going, it just starts flowing, man. Because 
but you've got to have it in you to the place where when pain and symptoms push back, you don't crumble. But so often, and especially when we come to someone for prayer and we don't see an instant result, God's prayer works. The Word of God is true, forever settled. It is working in you. One of the things we do is we kill the power of God working in our life with our own words. Now, that's a whole other sermon talking about our words, but it's important that you understand your words control the direction of your life. That's what James says, like, like the, the rudder of a ship, our tongue sets the course of our life. What if you told your body every day, you are the healed of the Lord? Every, no, I'm, not, I'm not talking about on a Wednesday night when you get a reminder. Every day, I'm, and we're going to unpack this tonight a little bit. Some, we're going to do some review real quickly. But uh, I want to read the message paraphrase out of 1 Peter, so hang with me. Listen to this. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know him. This is the key that the message helps us with, by getting to know him. You see, the, the, the closer you get to someone, the more you get to know someone, the more you can understand what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, the more you can trust them or you can't trust them by getting to know them. See, there's some people that I know better than others, and, and some of those people that I know, I know I can trust. Other people that I know, I know I can't. Because the, the, the better you get to know a person. So the better you get to know God, he goes on to say, you get to know him personally and intimately. The one who invited us to God, the best invitation we've ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Now this is Peter talking about the, the apostle saying, these, we've been given these promises. Now you remember we talked about this already in Matthew and Mark. Jesus called them together and gave them authority and power. And he said, you go teach and preach and teach all the disciples everything that I've taught you. He says, your ticket to participation in the life of God after you turn, turned your back on the world. After you turned your back on the world. Guys, you got to get the world out. you got to get the unbelief out. I know this is challenging for some of us because we just want our easy Christian life and go to heaven. And you can. But we're living in a time in, in, in this world that I, I, I believe, uh, Daryl and I were talking today, I believe that God is doing some, some special, there, there is a separation that's happening. Now listen to me very carefully for a second. I'm not saying God is doing all this nonsense and stupidity that's going on in the world. That is not God. That is 100% Satan, the kingdom of darkness wreaking havoc on this planet. But what God is doing in the process, because you know what happens as things get darker? Light stands out more. And so what's going to happen when we yield to the leading of our Father and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in us? We're going to rise to the occasion, and make no mistake about it, the world is watching. Now, they may be watching with a critical eye, with a judgmental, unbelieving eye right now, but I promise you, I promise you, just like in the days of Jesus, when the lame man got up, they all paid attention then. They all wanted to listen. They all wanted to gather around. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that kind of move of God? Well, it won't just happen because we, we have a Wednesday night meeting. We're going to have to dig in and believe God and expect him and turn our back on this corrupt world and not be conformed to it. 
be about the things of Jesus. That's why in Acts chapter 1, we've used this throughout the series, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach, began to do and teach. He didn't just do them and say, boys, don't you all try this at home. This is just something me and the Father do. No. He began to do and teach them for us to learn from it. Our problem is we have to be people that are trained up in it. I mean, how many of you all, I'm not a pilot, but there are YouTube videos and, and video games that you can pr practice being a pilot on. How many of you all would fly with me tomorrow? <laughs> if you had a parachute, right? Yeah. See, it, it, it takes training. You know, people go through years of education and training to do something in a certain field. And we think, well, that, that, that's, that makes sense. That's, that's, you're supposed to be trained. Why then do, not, do we not think that when it comes to, the, to a life with God? Now, never out of some religious thing. You, you understand, you have to learn how to be a, a born-again person. You have to, you have, we have to learn in our humanity how to live a spiritual life in a different dimension. And it will not just happen. Guys, Jesus, make no mistake about it, he is absolutely, he is expecting us to finish what he started. And as his body on the planet, our assignment is to continue all the things that he began to do and teach. So we need to talk about healing because faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing. So we have, and this is why we have these, these uh, repeated series and sessions on healing because one of the things I've learned over the years is uh, and I've been criticized. I've got, I've got a pastor friend that, 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 is, that has made fun of me because I, I believe that God still heals. He says, oh, we don't believe all that stuff. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Now, I don't, I don't do that. I want to. I want to just slam him. But I'm like, bless your little ignorant heart. I don't say that either, but those are the things that are going on in my mind. You understand? You see, you remember what Paul said, and we talked about this last week. We fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary. The symptom, the pain, the, the report from the doctor, temporary. God's word, forever settled, eternal. Now, we, we, we introduced this thought last week, and I want to re review quickly in Proverbs chapter 4, so let's break this down one more time. Proverbs 4.20, my child, pay attention to what I say. Now, this is God speaking. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully, not casually, carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. The more traditional translation says, keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them before your eyes all the time. It needs to be a lifestyle. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they, for what? What's the they? God's word. For God's word, they bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole body. So what if what if we started applying God's word to our condition like you would take a prescription? Hmm? What if you did that? What if you, and that's why we give, we've given out that, I know Linda sends, sends them to everybody. What if, we, what if we'd given out, you know, a prescription, say this card, take it five times a day. Now I know, I know some, I tried it a little bit and I forgot, I, it's, I don't know where I put it. And, and, and then we want to blame God, right? And then we say dumb stuff like, well, it must, it must not have been God's will. Or, or, or this, this is one of my favorites. 
God's trying to teach me something. Where's that scripture at? Now, not that God won't teach you something, but he's not going to use something from the devil to do it. The devil walks about seeking who he can steal, kill, and destroy. That's his motive. He wants to destroy people. The enemy does. Not God. God doesn't have to use the enemy to teach you something. What if you started applying it? See, the closer I walk with Jesus, the more that I am learning that faith, guys, a faith life, it has to be developed just like a human life. And so when symptoms start to dominate the body, when they start to dominate the thoughts, when they start to dominate the thoughts, when they start to dominate the thoughts, because isn't that what happens? You get a report, you get a symptom, and I mean, it's Niagara Falls from the enemy with every scenario and thought and oh no and... So when that happens, act swiftly. Take every thought. Now, Paul makes this radical statement in the New Testament that we are to take every thought. Come on. Is he for real? Every thought? Every, take every thought captive that exalts itself against the knowledge of who we are in Christ. Well, how do you do that? Um, you just think it away. No, you have to verbalize your belief. You have to take the word of God and speak. There has to, and, and it starts with this, there has to be a transformation in our thinking. Guys, if we're going to appropriate the things of God that he has already done, remember Exodus, I am the Lord. I'm not going to be the Lord that will heal you someday and I didn't used to be the Lord that healed back in the Old Testament or back when Jesus walked or back when the 12 were here. Let me make a, uh, something the Lord reminded me of this after, or yesterday. Because I know several times I make the, the statement about the 12. And like they weren't this special group. I say that in light of our, our, our talking point that they didn't have any other special powers than you and I are capable of having. Now, they are a special group because they are the 12 that will sit on the seats of thrones that will judge the tribes of Israel. They are the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So they do have a special place with Jesus, but in light of our conversation, they didn't have a special gift that you and I don't have. So You got me? So I, didn't, I just wanted to clarify that to make sure you understand. There is a special place. When you get to heaven one day, you're like, Pastor, you was wrong. They do have a special place. Yes, they do but not in light of our subject. Are you with me? There has to be transformation in how we think. And, and what we have to be aware of is that for us, in order for us to finish what Jesus started, you've got to know that a covenant is established. It's really, it's really kind of, it's like law, like the law of gravity. We can defy it with technology and, and, and things today, but it doesn't change it. The law of gravity is, is, is forever settled. You know, or like with the law of flight, we were talking about planes a while ago. You get a plane going at a certain speed and you change the, 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 the shape of the wing, the law of lift comes into play. Doesn't matter how small or how big the plane is, it's going to take off if you get a certain speed. Huh? You talk to a pilot, they would be more astonished if the plane, plane didn't fly than it does. Some of us are like, man, I can't believe that thing is in the air. <laughs> Guys, you have to be aware that Living in a different dimension requires intentionality. It won't just happen. You can be wonderfully saved and heaven bound, but to walk in this, to do the things that Jesus, that's why Jesus made these radical statements. I believe that that's why Jesus would go away all night in different places and pray. 
I know many people think, yeah, but he was God. He could do what he wanted. No, he was 100% God. But you understand, the anointer doesn't have to be anointed. Listen, when Jesus was baptized by John, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him. Acts chapter 10, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. He was 100% God, but he laid his deity aside and operated as a man to show us how. So we have to be willing to have that same discipline in our lives, not out of some legalistic religious approach, but out of a transformational approach. You are a new creation in Christ. This is the big thing that we, we don't wrap our head around this. You are a new creation in Christ. You're not, that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, why are you acting like a mere human? You are born again, heirs to the throne of heaven, son of the Almighty. Your dad makes planets. Not a Toyota, a planet. Now, Romans 4, come on, I'm, I'm still reviewing, but I, I get preaching, I get distracted. Let's go to Romans 4 because we talked about this one last week because Romans 4 gives us this very clear step-by-step -step process for being a doer of it. It's really a blueprint for fighting the good fight of faith, real quickly, because i got some other stuff I want to give you tonight. <clears throat> Y'all okay? <clears throat> Romans 4, 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, for as it is written. Now, remember, we talked about this in great detail last week. Jesus repeatedly said, as it is written, it is written, it is written. This needs to be your mindset as it is written. You need to have such a foundation of the word of God in you. When pressure comes, the word comes out. As it's written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who believes God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18, and who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be according to what was spoken. And not being weak in faith, Abraham did not consider his own body. He didn't consider it. Now, he wasn't in denial See, if you get a report from a doctor, you're not in denial about that. He just would not give the report the time of day. He wouldn't. Now, you understand, they, God said you're going to have chi a, a child and you're going to have as many children as the stars are, but they were past baby-making time. You with me? They couldn't. I mean, the, 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 they couldn't have kids. They were, they, were, they were biblically old. If you're biblically old, you're old. <coughs> And so God tells him this, and Abraham, at first, he's like, and if you read that whole account, him and Sarah both laughed about it. And, and, but then he realized, wait, God said, God said this. He's the God who calls things that do not exist as though they do. God said this. And we are the seed of Abraham, and we are heirs according to the promise. And so if God said to Abraham, God is saying to you. And so it's time for us to start saying what our dad says about us. And so he wouldn't consider the condition of his body already dead since he was about 100 or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He wouldn't waver, verse 20, he did not waver at God's promise through unbelief. 
See, this is one of the biggies for us today because we read God's promise. We may have it posted on our refrigerator or on our desk, and we read it, we know it, but let, let, me, let me help you with this, guys. Intelligence, listen very carefully, intelligence isn't faith. <laughs> That's right, Josh. But we live in a society where we, we have come to the conclusion that because we are intelligent beings and we, quote, there you go, Amanda, we understand what God is saying and we assume that we're in faith because we're intelligent beings, but faith is not intelligence. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. How? Being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was well able. See, you want to know when you're in faith? You're convinced. Right in the face of symptoms, right in the face of pain, you're convinced. How do you know that you're convinced? You have the peace and joy of the Lord. You, you, you really want to know the, the, how, how, can, how faith can be such a convincing thing? Watch a child at Christmas when you tell them what they're getting. Dad said, I'm getting a new iPhone. They're telling everybody. They're bragging to the friends about it. They're all excited. They're convinced. Why? Because they trust what Daddy said. Are y'all getting this? See, Abraham was convinced. God, you said that I, I'm going to have kids. That means you got to work miraculous stuff in Sarah's body. You got to do some stuff in my body because we dead. Body, it don't work. Huh? So here, here, let me give you these four principles. The first one is this, verse 17. <clears throat> Abraham called himself what God called him. Now, God, God actually helped Abraham with this. His name was Abram, and he changed it to Abraham, which means father of nations, so that every time anybody yelled out to Abraham, every time Abraham introduced to somebody, he was saying what his dad said, what God said about him. Are you continually, repeatedly saying what God says about you, or are you just kind of trying it because you heard the preacher say something about it? That's not fully convinced. See, the saying part doesn't work if the fully convinced part is not a reality. So he called himself what God called him. Number, number two, verse 19, he refused to consider his condition or his circumstances. Now, once again, I want to re repeat this. He was not in denial. He wasn't walking around saying, I'm not sick. I don't have a problem. No, no that's, that's, not what the, that's not faith. That's denial. Huh? He was saying what God said about him, and he would not consider he wouldn't consider it. He didn't deny it. He heard the report. He knew what they said. But he didn't give that any attention. He refused to consider it. You see, guys, I said this last week. We can't make a faith confession in the morning and then spend the rest of the day talking about the condition, keeping our eye on the condition, looking at all the side effects of the drug that they got me on right now. Oh, oh, it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Oh, I still feel it. He, he wouldn't go there. He would not allow his mind or his body to go there. Number three, verse 20, he wouldn't waver at God's promise. He wouldn't waver. How many of us waver at God's promise? Man, we do, guys. Yeah, but God, you said, you said this, but get the butt out. Verse, verse, number, number four, verse 21, because he was fully convinced. See, the only way you get fully convinced is spend enough time with the Father that you know him well enough that you trust him. 
God told me. My dad. See, that's why in Galatians, the Bible says that the Spirit helps us so that we can cry out, Abba, Father, or Daddy. He's my dad. My dad's got me. My dad is the Lord who heals. My dad is the healer. Huh? See, that's the thing that you have to realize. So when God sends his word and heals us, like Proverbs says, uh, you know, if we take the word of God and apply it like that, and we, we started using Abraham's method in applying God's word to our condition every day, you start taking the word of God and speaking the word of God. The Lord says, I am healed, I am healed. That's why I took that healing card and I personalized it. And I gave you all the scriptural references so you can go study it. But when you're speaking it, you're speaking to your body. And it may not show instant results because we're, we, you, may be one, you may start out as one of those up in the parable of the sower and you may be the wayside. And you get this truth and the devil comes right away and takes it from you. Or you may be one of the stony grounds or one of the thorny grounds. And it only lasts for a while because you don't have any root. And even if you are one of the good grounds, you only may be operating at a 30-fold capacity of the good. Don't get frustrated because you're growing in this. Stay at it. Don't kill your faith with negative, unbelieving talk. Let me tell you a quick story. There was a guy years ago in healing school, and he had been to the hospital. He was battling cancer, and the doctors couldn't do anything else for him, and so they sent him home. They were going to, you know, call in hospice and take care of him. But they started going to healing school. Now listen very carefully to this. This guy went to healing school every day for a month. No change. Except, watch this. This is key. He didn't get any worse. Huh? You, you got you to get this, you all. He, see, if you're, if you're dying and you don't get any worse... You, you're not dying anymore, okay? So it's, it's working, but it's, it, see, we want Jesus. Well, guys, Jesus is in heaven. We're the anointed ones on the planet now. Our job is to rise to the occasion. My job as your pastor is to spend enough time in this so that not only can I teach it to you, but I have enough of this flowing in me that you have enough faith, you can come to me and I put a hand on you. And so this guy, so he didn't get any worse, so he kept coming, kept coming. Another month, say another month. Another month, now all of a sudden, not only is he not getting worse, now he's getting better. He goes back to the doctor, and all, they're like, it's head scratching, you know. Like, You're getting better. He said, I know. So he goes back. He, he, you know, he, didn't take, he, didn't, he didn't do anything else the doctor said. He went back more, a couple more weeks. He said, man, I'm good. He left healing school, went to the doctor, got a clean bill of health. They sent him home to die. But you have to understand something. See, guys, so often we read the stories of Jesus and we're like, I tried that and it didn't work like that, so it must not be for today. That's, that's not how it works, guys. We have to grow in this. There has to be transformation in how we function. You remember Peter tells us that God has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge in him. And he's given us all these great and precious promises so that through them, we may participate in his divine nature. Here's the thing. Will we stay with it? Are you ready for this? Will we stay with it long enough to let the fruit of his word produce a crop in our life? Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Will you stay with it long enough to participate with his divine nature? 
See, it's the Word of God that gives us this foundation. God's not confusing. God doesn't play mind games with His children. But you have to understand something, you all. God, I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready to kick a sacred cow. Going to do some cow tipping tonight. Y'all ever did cow tipping? I, I've heard, I've never done it. I've heard people talk about it. <clears throat> Contrary to popular religious teachings, God is not in control of everything. Now, I know that soothes our... Now, in, this, in the larger scope of holding the universe, in the, yeah, he controls that. But the earth, the Bible says that he gave to the children of men. We are the ones in authority on this planet. And until we learn how to yield to... Guys, if God was in control of everything, he would just make the people that's going to get, you know, he could kind of, you know, he could say, look, you know, get saved. Let's, let's, let's wrap this thing up. We have to tell people about Jesus. Why? Because we have free will. And the Word of God is our foundation to this. And the more that you set under it, the more the transformation takes place. Listen to, listen to Paul's words in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Every scripture, how many? Every scripture is God-breathed, given by inspiration and is profitable for instruction, for reproof, for conviction, for correction, for discipline and obedience, for training, say training, <clears throat> for training in righteousness, in conformity to God's will, in thought, in purpose, and in action. What does this? God's Word. Every scripture is given to teach us, to train us. In verse 17 it says this, <clears throat> so that the man of God may be complete, proficient, well-fitted, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How are you going to get to this place? The Word of God. The Word of God. Now, I have to remind you of this. It cannot be just out of some intellectual, religious, legalistic obligation because the Pharisees well, they knew the Word of God better than anybody. And the living Word stood right in front of them, and they couldn't even recognize him as the Christ. See, it can't just be that. You have to apply faith. The just shall live by faith. That's not just some, uh, you know, hyper statement. That's how God designed your born-again nature to live. Jesus repeatedly, repeatedly, he would make statements like this. Hey, do you believe I can do this? The blind man came to him and said, yes, Lord, we do. He said, then according to your faith, let it be done to you. And they were healed. So we, now, you th I know some people, like, well, I just need more faith. No, you don't. You, you probably do need to, to develop the faith you have, but we've all been given the measure of faith. It just needs to be developed. But the bigger, the bigger picture here is we've got to get some of that unbelief out. See, I believe that one sure thing that God gave us, the creative power of his word, is, is the thing that we need to be more familiar with. And if his word was given to train us in righteousness, guys, now, now I, I've talked about this so many times. But if God gave us, if, if he gave us his word, if according to Paul, every scripture was given for, by inspiration of God for instruction, for training in righteousness, then why, why would, listen, why would he show us and instruct us through the word to do it one way, train all of his disciples to do it one way, then expect us to live a different way and not say a word about it in the scripture that he left to instruct us on how to live in? 
Nowhere in the Bible does he teach us different. Nowhere in the Bible does he teach us. As a matter of fact, James says, call for the elders of the church. That they can lay hands on you. And the prayer of faith will raise you up. In the Great Commission in Mark, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on sick people and they'll recover. Nowhere does the Bible say that God will stop this. See, what if God's word is a lamp unto our feet? What if his word is the light unto our path? I believe that God meant that when he said it. I believe that he meant what he said, I am the Lord who heals you. I believe, I believe the apostle Peter looking back at the cross when he makes this statement that he bore our sins and carried our diseases and by his wounds we were, we were healed. It's a covenant thing, you all. The healing power of God is right now present. You think about this. You, you think about this story real quick. You remember the, the, the account at the guy, the, the crippled guy at the pool of Bethesda? Now, the Bible says, if you study this, the history of this account, the Bible says that an angel would come down and stir the waters. You know what I'm talking about? And whoever got in the water first got healed. Now, there are these, there's these five porches with all these sick and lame and crippled people around. And this guy had been there, we don't know how long, 30-something years he'd been this way his life. I'm going to tell you what, I'd have went and got me a floaty, Derek, and I'd have stayed in the water. But he was, if you read the whole story, he was looking to man to help him do something. Now, now pay, pay close attention because I believe there's some faith involved here that is not highlighted. Because Jesus walked to him and said, get up. Pick your bed up and go. And he didn't say, well, I can't. I've been like, he, he picked his bed up and went. My question is this. What about all the other sick people that were laying around? waiting for the water to be stirred. Why didn't Jesus heal them? Come on, guys. Huh? I am telling you, I know that we think, yeah, but God loves, yes, God does love everybody so much that he killed his own son. But when it comes to this life of faith, it only works one way. Only one way. Only one way. And we have to learn to grow and develop in it. You see, Abraham refused to waver. This is what God said. Well, it sure doesn't look like it. Yeah, you're going to have a kid? Yeah, <laughs> that's few. It's really funny right there. I'm not playing with you. God says so. Huh? But to get to that place, you all. See, one of the biggest things that, that will help any believer is to make up your mind that Jesus is still the same person. Hebrews Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. So if he ever was the healer, he still is the healer. So how do we learn to appropriate this in our life today? Only one way. Now, obviously, there could be the gift of healing that operates through, through someone I've had people say, I have the gift of healing. Uh, stop that. That's just pride. No, you don't. The gifts are of the Holy Spirit, and it flows through him by, or by people as he wills. He may allow you to be a vessel that he operates and manifests through, but you don't, you don't have the right to own those gifts. You can desire them to flow through you. So, and here's the thing. I wonder, I wonder if I'll ever know. 
If you're wondering, it's not. Here's the thing about the Holy Ghost and his gifts. When they're in operation, there is no wondering. Listen to me. You won't have to wonder if it was the gift of the Holy Ghost. You won't. You won't. You won't have to wonder. See, when a tomato plant produces the fruit of the tomato plant, I wonder if there's tomatoes. Fruit. Are you, are you with me? So I just wonder if the, gift, if, the, if the gift's in operation. You won't have to wonder. You will know. Okay? Can I give you another example? There was a dude in healing I know I keep talking about healing school, but it's healing school for a reason. People get healed. We're having healing school up in here. This dude, this dude was a medical a surgeon. And his life had, had got, because he was struggling with sleep, and he started taking drugs. And the next thing you know, his life was all jacked up, and he was hooked on these prescribed medications. And he was doing something one day, and he broke his foot. And he's in a cast at healing school. And the Holy Spirit manifested in the room. And he said, he jumped up. He said, I got it. He said, I felt like a band snapped on me. And he was delivered of his drugs. And then he, then he, then he said this, well, if God can heal this, he can heal my foot. And he, Derek, he took the boot off and the cast and jumped up on that broke foot. Now, either he's dumb or something happened. I'm telling you, man, see, there won't be a gray area when it comes to the gifts being in manifestation, you guys. But if the gift is not in manifestation, if there's not this miraculous thing that's happening, outside of medical science, and I pray for doctors all the time, we have to, we, we have, we have to listen, but some of us wouldn't be here if it weren't for doctors. Huh? I'm not, I don't want to discredit what they do in their profession by any means. Thank God gifts them and, and, and uh, equips them. But outside of that, it's going to be through faith. And the only way that it happens is by spending time with Jesus. See, he designed us. Let me take this a step further. He commanded us to live by faith. This is how you're built to live. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, well, you know, you take my wife's little car that she drives and my Tundra. They're built to do different things. I'm not going to pull my bass boat with her little car. I'm not going to go four-wheeling or off-roading. It's not built for that. Huh? You know what? You're not built for unbelief. You're not built for fear and worry anymore. You're not built for that. Your new nature is built for one thing. It's to not consider this thing, but to be fully convinced. It's built to believe. It's built to expect. Put a demand on God. You're not, listen, you're not going to hurt God by putting a demand on him. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word that they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. you got to mix faith with it. Well, what does that look like? Lord, thank you. I see that I believe it. Amen. I have it now. Well, it doesn't look like it. Shut up. Quit walking by sight. My dad said, see, you got to mix faith with it. Guys, faith is this spiritual, spiritual, spiritual substance. And it will manifest that world into this human place if you'll give it the, the opportunity. See, this is why Paul challenges us. we got to stay in the words of Christ until our faith begins to rise up. 
Not that you get more faith. It's not about an amount of faith. Well, you just got more faith. No, 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 no. My faith might be stronger than your faith because, are you ready for this? Because of use. <laughs> you got to put your faith to work, man. You got to put it to work. So when, when we can make our mind up that Jesus is still the same person that we see in the Word today, when we get to the place where this issue is settled, that Jesus has done his part. Matter of fact, you think about it, Jesus is actually seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He's sitting down. In other words, he's in the break room. He's done. That's why Paul repeatedly talks about us understanding and realizing that we're the body of Christ on the planet. See, there are some of you in this room, you're going to take these healing truths to your family. Now, you're not just going to go be all weird and John the Baptist on them, you know. You're going to set them down and you're going to talk to them for a minute. You're going to teach them something. Faith comes from hearing. See, sometimes, I, I know we would love to just be like Peter and just, hey, just get all the sick and lay them out here and I'm just going to walk by. Well, I, I'm not there yet. I said yet. But my goal is to get to the place where God flows through me like that. But it won't come by watching TV. <laughs> That's right, Josh. See, we are his anointed vessels on the earth. How God, anoint, how God anointed Jesus to go about doing good and healing <clears throat> all that are oppressed of the devil. There's a clue for you in that passage. See, according to that passage, sickness was demonic oppression. It came from the devil. How God anointed Jesus to go out doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Every time he healed sickness, sickness is from the devil, man. Not God. Sickness is from the devil. And we're his anointed vessels. And by design, it's going to be according to faith. As you believe, so let it be done unto you. So regardless of what we face today, Huh? We got to get this reality settled. The Lord is my healer. God, your healing power is working in my body right now. Ow! Shut up. God, your healing, huh? You tell your body. I know this is different for some of you. I know it's a little weird, but I am giving you a breakthrough for your life. I've been trying that for a little while. Don't quit. Remember the dude that went for a month and didn't get any worse? He didn't get any better, but he didn't get any worse. See, for some of you all, that's going to be your first step. You're not going to get any worse. You still taking that medicine? Lord, I, in the name of Jesus, I'm taking this stuff right now, but I know that you're my healer and it's working in my body. There's going to come a day I won't have to take this anymore. Don't ever throw your medicine away. That's stupid. Especially, if, I mean, you'll know when to do it. You'll know. And so will the doctor know. All right? He left us his written word to reveal the living word. How do you watch Jesus? I mean, because his body's in heaven today. Living word, written word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh, and it dwelt among men. The word did. In John chapter 17, Jesus said, Father, the same way you sent me, I'm sending them. How did God send, the, how did God send Jesus? 
how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. Luke, Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, he stood in front of him and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach, teach, and heal. Set them, set them that have been held in captive, set them free. We have to get to the place where this becomes a reality, not just a sermon. Let me, let me leave you with this passage tonight. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I use it all the time. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. What does that mean? God praise you. Bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, forget not all his benefits. On your healing card that we've made for you, that's actually what I call it, God's benefit package. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your disease, he redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. I get younger all the time, man. I'm telling you. I tell people how old I am. They're like, no. I'm like, that's right. Preach it, brother. Tell them, girl. I'm 25 again. Like, you're not 25. Well, in my mind, I am. When you take a scripture like this, which, which part of God's word is true? Which part of God's word is forever settled? See, King David wrote it like this. I'm almost, I'm, I'm kind of done. <clears throat> King David wrote it like this in Psalm, 1, in, in Psalm 18. He said, Lord, your word is proven. Your word is flawless. Your word is forever settled. Lord, you go before me and you enlarge my path so that I don't even slip. Wow. What is that? God's word. So from now on, when you go into the word of God, here's what's going to happen. As we, as we have these sessions and we talk about it, what's going on in your bodies right now? Sickness is dying. The healing power of God is working Whew, I just felt, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Right now, listen to me very carefully. Right now, the healing power of God is flowing in your body. It lives there. And for some of you, it may have been laying dormant, but right now faith is stirring that up and things are working and happening in your body. And you're going to start bringing reports. I want your testimonies. We want to share them with our people online. We want to let people know that God is still the healer. Huh? Come on, you all. So stop begging. Listen, stop begging God. You don't have to beg God. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. I am the Lord who heals you. I took sickness and disease away from you. And by my stripes, Jesus says, you are already healed. So begin to manifest healing through faith in your body. Tell your body. Body, shut your mouth. You're healed. And when it pushes back, you push back. Don't lay there and whine. Oh, I don't feel good today. Honey, would you bring me some Kool-Aid? You pull a blanket up and you want, stop that. We are warriors, faith-filled people of God. Amen? Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, may my words that you have spoken through me penetrate the hearts of every believer. Those in the room, those watching or listening, allow your healing covenant to begin to rise up as we take hold of this by faith.
Lord, we acknowledge tonight that you are still the Lord who heals. And we thank you for the covenant of healing working in our bodies. In your name, Jesus, so be it. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.